Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Spen and Nick, and today the theme is everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. We don't have the rights to that song. Yeah, no, we don't. But uh, look, obviously, Nets fans... We got some really, really good stuff going on as far as the actual basketball that's being played goes. Uh, 18-2 and two in the last 20 games with losses only to the Boston Celtics and Chicago Bulls. That is the best 20-game stretch in Nets franchise history. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that fact. That's even including the ABA? I believe so. So I don't Wait, want to and take that's any- including the Long Island Nets. Yes, and the ones that played in the Teaneck Armory. Wow. I don't want to take anything away from this moment. If you're a Nets fan, enjoy it. Um, because obviously we got some not so great news after that heat game. Uh Kevin Durant was fell on by Jimmy Butler. Fuck you, Basically, Jimmy Butler. Dirty player trying to injure our guys. It wasn't a dirty play, it was a unfortunate situation. Who is this um, guy? Quay Walker? Yeah, I saw that. That was that was a little embarrassing. But Quay did apologize via Twitter, so I give him some credit. Uh, look, Durant goes down, hurts his knee. News comes out today. It's an MCL sprain. They don't, they're not telling us the severity of it yet. Um, they initially said, you know, they're gonna give him two weeks and then reevaluate him. People went crazy and they're like, oh, he'll be back in two weeks. It's not as bad as last year. Uh, I don't think they read the actual sentence. Basically, now everyone's thinking he's going to be out at least a month trying to recover from this knee injury. Now, Nick, what is the theme of today's episode? Everything is awesome. And? When you're part of a team. Exactly. So we are going to be positive. Don't ask me questions like that. I don't like that. (laughs) We are going to be positive about this Kevin Durant news because you know what? I think KD personally needed a rest. I think he's been doing way too much for this team. So you're happy he's injured? I'm not happy he's injured. But now that we have a situation where other guys need to step up, I think that this is a crucial moment for the Nets. And and I think in a lot of ways, guys like Ben Simmons, guys like TJ Warren, guys like Cam Thomas can get more run. They can get more shots up. They can work on their game while basically the maestro of, of the NBA, Kevin Durant, is out with a knee injury. So I, hey. I, I do like this. I'm trying to be positive, Nick. Obviously, I can come on here. I can scream to the heavens. Heavens! What have you done with Kevin Durant? But I'm not going to do that because everything is awesome if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan and everything is cool if you're part of a team. Shout Stop out quoting Royce the Lego movie. Well, I, you didn't let me finish. I wanted to shout out Royce O'Neal. He is the definition of being part of a team. Uh, that's where I want to start. I, I just wanted to be positive about the KD stuff. Maybe I've gone off the rails a little bit. Um, what do you, you think? Look like, you look like you deal shitty weed. You're wearing a, a USC cap, like a like a snow cap, and you're in a robe. Like you're that guy 
who like you like don't want to buy weed from, but like there's no other weed available, and like you still live with your mom. Also, first can of you all, make the screens bigger. You have to yeah, press yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. thing. Sure, press the button. First press of all, button. it's laundry day. What do you have? Absolutely nothing left but a snow cap and a robe. What do you have? How many weed dealers do you know who wear ropes? Okay, it's laundry day, so it means you wore every possible acceptable item of clothing, and now you have. Look, what do you have? A towel on around your waist right now? No, I got sweatpants on. Dude, maybe I'm just doing my best Josh Peck from Snow Day impression. Have you ever thought of that? No, what, what and is, I don't. Wasn't like his nickname Josh Robe? Did you know Josh Peck is in the new Christopher Nolan movie Oppenheimer? I saw that Oppenheimer. Yeah. All right, sorry. We can go back to the Nets. I just don't like what you're All doing right. with your life. Okay, so <laughs> look, uh, staying on the positive bandwagon, Nets are 18 and two. They've grinded out two gritty wins this week against the Pelicans and the Heat. We're going to get into both games, but I'll start here. Do you think this is the best Nets team we've seen since Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have been here? Basically saying, do you think that this current roster is better than the roster with James Harden and better than the roster with Jared Allen and Karis LeVert? Yes, definitely LeVert and Allen. I love those guys, but that was still a developing roster. That was n- LeVert hasn't even really, I think, hit his stardom and Jared Allen – they're playing with Mobley and Garland and Mitchell. They're kind of still the four or five guys. So they haven't got the attention they deserve, the looks they deserve to really grow into those positions. So, yes. Harden, yeah. Dude, I don't want to say I told you so, but I was the one who said Simmons at his best is a better fit and a better third superstar than James Harden. He plays defense. He rebounds. He passes. Okay? You have Irving and Durant who have improved their assist uh, to turnover margin over the season. They're both getting better when dishing it off, especially Irving, because Durant always found the open guy if he needed to. Irving was the most selfish dude. He's actually looking for open guys. He's using Claxton now on the oop. So I, I appreciate that they're passing more. With that said, Irving, Durant, and Harden are all score-first players. Why would you have three score-first players on the same roster? So Ben Simmons is the balance they needed, where he could score, but he doesn't need to. He's coming into his own where he's actually being able to finish around the rim now when he, when he has a mismatch on him. But he's pass first, he's defense, he's rebound first. Always been a better play. Also, look at the depth around us now, dude. I mean, Bruce Brown came into his own, but we were going Kessler Edwards in a, in, a, in a sixth or seventh position at one point. He's not even on our – I mean, I was going to say he's not even on our roster. He's on our roster, but I meant like he's not even like on the horizon to be playing because he's of He's not the in the rotation, right, right. No, I don't like the word rotation. Uh, he's not on the horizon. So we now have a much deeper bench. We have a much more balanced team. We've got size in Claxton. He's come into his own. He's now second behind Brooke Lopez in blocks, uh, per game. And I think total blocks in the league. And I think he, is he the leader in dunks? Last time I checked, he was, um, I don't know when the last time you cross-reference that. So to answer your question, yes, it's, it's the best team we've had. It's sad to see Durant go down, but these last two or three weeks have been a fucking blast to watch. They absolutely have, Nick. And I, I want to get to this Heat's, Heat-Nets game from Sunday night. Rudy um, Gobert. Uh, hold on. All right, you keep talking. I'm going to see if I can find the most dunks in the league. Don't right just now. shout out Rudy Gobert's name in the middle of the podcast. Rudy Gobert! <laughs> There's a reason that COVID happened. Um, okay, so Nets-Heat. Nets win 102-101. This is a game that I know Nets fans will say last year, if Steve Nash is the head coach, they lose this game. Uh, third quarter, 
you know, we're, we're, we're playing a, we're, we're basically shutting Miami down on offense in that third quarter. Um, and then of course Durant goes down. I'm sorry. They outscored us 18 to 13 in that third. So we weren't shutting them down. They were shutting us down. Um, Durant goes down, Jimmy falls on him. And then, you know, that was a moment where how is this Nets team going to respond? Are they going to fold this heat team at home? Are they going to come up and, and, you know, stand up to the challenge. And uh, everybody stepped up after Durant went down. I mean, from Royce O'Neal with, with the big putback at the end, Seth Curry, this is the definition of a professional, right? Seth Curry has not gotten the run that he probably thought he'd be getting this season. He's been on the bench playing not meaningful minutes a lot of the time, but when his name has been called upon, he has come up firing. And that's exactly what we want him to do. He is the best shooter on this team. Pause. Seth Curry is the best shooter on this team. There's not a better pure shooter than him. He has been great. Did you pause yourself? I just wanted the audience to know I was pausing. Uh, Okay. Rewind. That's what I love. Change the channel. All right, so my point being, everybody stepped up. Nick Claxton, 13 points, 11 rebounds, 6 of 8 from the field. He was huge down the stretch last night. Uh, uh, Kyrie hit him for a big oop down the stretch. Kyrie Irving, I mean, he's becoming one of the greatest shows in the NBA this season, and he has been for a while now, but uh, it, it seems like he's stepping it up this year. 29 points for Kyrie, 10 of 21 from the field, 6 of 15 from three-point three range and six assists in 40 minutes played. Ben Simmons, 4.7 rebounds, seven assists in 29 minutes. We're going to get to Ben in a little bit. Seth, I mentioned he had 14. TJ Warren off the bench with 10. Royce O'Neal had eight to finish this game. Uh, Joe Harris had four points, two for two. And I think both points might have came in the fourth quarter. Um, and Yuta Watanabe had three. Everybody in this game contributed to this win. This came down to the final play. After, you know, the Royce O'Neal put back, Jimmy Butler had a shot. Was there contact from Royce O'Neal? Maybe a little the bit. commentators you, called a foul. He goes, foul. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, no. If you watch the play again, I didn't think it was Jimmy, Jimmy Butler traveled when he got the ball. So it was kind of a missed call, missed call, because Jimmy Butler catches the ball, moves his pivot foot, makes a move. Royce O'Neal maybe – he didn't go straight up, but it was so slightly not straight up that, yeah, at the end of the game, I don't blame the refs for, for, for not calling that. Nets hold on without KD. I, I mean, you love to see it, Nick. What was your reaction? Let's start with, with when KD went down. What was going through your mind? It was tough. You know, okay, it's, it's, never, it's never fun to watch something like that. It was He kept walking. He tried to play on it a little bit. With an ACL, it's like as soon as you feel it, you're like, get me the hell off the court. The promising sign was that he was like, this might just be a small tweak I could play through. Um, he got off. You hate, you hate to see anything like that. I wasn't worried that it was a season-ending injury. Obviously, it hurts the run. We're a game and a half right now behind the Celtics, uh, and I want that first place. I want it real bad, coach. Um, that's from Remember the Titans. It was Hayden Panettiere when she was a kid. But listen, we saw the diagnosis. It's or the prognosis. It's it's four weeks. It's it's better than his six week MCL sprain last year. Um, it's not ideal, especially with the run we're on. But you saw the team rally, 
And like, isn't that Royce O'Neal's second game winner of the season? Yeah, you know what the first was? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I could picture it. What team was it? It was it was Portland. Mm. They replayed it in the fourth quarter of the Heat win, but basically, um, Kevin Durant missed a shot, and with basically no time remaining, Royce tipped it in. Uh, he's hit a few big threes this year too. He hit a big three. Oh, I'm not going to remember this. Early on, he hit a huge three to essentially ice a game for the Nets. And then I, I, I believe he hit a few big threes against the Pelicans the other night. Uh, we'll get into that game in a bit. Um, this was a good win. I mean, the Heat, are, they're a team that has underperformed this year, but we know how dangerous they, they can be when they get hot. Butler, Adebayo, Tyler Hero, who, by the way, he got hurt at the end of the game. You hope he's okay. Uh, Max Struess, Dunkey Robinson really doesn't get any play anymore. Um, Hayden Highsmith, did you see the story on him? It's really amazing. Story. I don't know his story, and I'd never heard his name, but I really liked his game. Also, the Heat had two. Sorry, I knew you were about to say a story. The Heat had two. I think it was Highsmith on like a bank three, and then Vincent gave Vincent on like a buzzer beater fading three in the corner. They had two hucked, <laughs> excuse me, hucked up threes that were bullshit that both went in. But that's a small side note. Yeah, I'll be real with you. Uh, I don't think Lowry has it anymore. I think he's kind of washed at this point in his career. So I think he's a guy that, you know, when the Heat had Dragic, he was able to make that machine go a little bit more. Uh, I don't love Lowry on this team. I, I don't I don't think he's he's really good for them. Gabe Vincent's okay. Obviously, Oladipo's had a nice little resurgence uh, of his career in Miami. Look, they're, they're a decent team. They're 21 and 20 right now. Um, it's a nice win, but I, I don't think they're as good as they've been in the past. By the way, the story on Hayden Highsmith, he was a sick D2 player. He won, I think, National Player of the Year in Division Two, but the NBA doesn't recruit Division Two, so he tried out for a G League team uh, a few years later. He played in the G League for three years, and then he signed a contract with the Miami Heat, and, and he started against the Nets the other night. So, And he looked good, and he looked good. Yeah. I didn't know. I was like, is that Naismith, Highsmith? No. Um yeah, I mean, listen, the KD thing sucks. We were able to come together as a team. Our energy is there. And I know we were talking about the beginning of the season. It just looked like players were kind of slow and miserable and no one wanted to be there and no one had the fight in them. And we're really starting. And I think Utah is a catalyst of energy and enthusiasm. That guy is smiling. He's jumping off the bench. <laughs> you like, said you, you, you to Utah, like Utah, Utah Watanabe. Yeah. I thought you said Utah and I was like the state. Or the oh, basketball yeah, no, team? Utah, and I was Utah. like, that's a weird way to characterize a basketball team. Utah, you, you Utah. Okay. I'm saying it with a Japanese inflection. Um, yeah, he, he, he has been a huge spark to me. And guys like Royce O'Neal, who are just hustle guys. And even Irving, who just seems to be building this camaraderie and this, and this, uh, this chemistry with a lot of these players, especially the younger guys. Um, and I got to give Claxton credit, too. Claxton, first and foremost, his play, the dunks and the rebounds just physically bring a spark to any basketball game but his attitude man he's getting pissed he's jawing he's bumping with guys down low i really like uh this attitude that we're building i really like the motivation that that it seems where we have to win a championship okay i got a wild question for you do you think that this year's nick claxton has surpassed jared allen of the nets a few years ago it's jared right man i'm gonna say yes but what Nick Claxton still doesn't have that Jared Allen has was an offensive touch. Nick Claxton could dunk it. He could finish around the rim. He's actually not bad off the dribble. 
But, dude, isn't Jared Allen shooting threes now? Like, Jared Allen has a decent stroke. Um, if you said to me who would I rather have right now, I would say Claxton because they're pretty comparable impact level-wise. Claxton's better defensively. Claxton's better block-wise. Uh, but Claxton, I think, has way more potential. I'm almost surprised that Jared Allen hasn't taken a bigger leap than he has. Uh, so I'm going to say Nick Claxton, and that's not just become just because he's wearing a Brooklyn uniform. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, when the all-star votes come in, who gets more votes. Nick Claxton's on a better team. I think he plays just as big of a role, if not bigger of a role, than Jared Allen. You've seen his defensive stats. Offensively, he, he he's, he's got game. I mean, he, he's, you know, a lot of his points come off alley-oops and putbacks, but he has proven that if you give him the ball in the post, he can deliver. So uh, just just an interesting conversation to have, you know. Obviously, Nets fans. And just to love compare, Jared uh, Allen. yeah, Jared Allen, Jared Allen, Jared Allen is averaging thirteen and ten, shooting sixty percent from the field. Claxton okay. is averaging twelve and eight, shooting seventy four percent from the field. But Claxton's got him in blocks. Uh, right? Claxton's at two point six blocks per game, and Jared Allen's at one point two. So correct, yeah, they're averaging the same one and a half assists. So listen, Jared Allen's numbers are a little bit better. Claxton's better defensively, but I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. All right, I'd Nick, move... Brooke Lopez over both. Oh, stop that. We move on to our one loss in the last shoot. What did what was the winning streak? What did it end at? Twelve. You're muted. So you think it was thirteen straight wins? I thought it was thirteen. Okay, whatever. Uh, it was our it was our first loss in a long time. 121-112 on Wednesday night to the Chicago Bulls. This was a game where it felt like the Nets couldn't oh, really find their right. – Maybe it was 12. The Nets couldn't really find their footing. And, you know, in the third quarter, I believe they made a push uh, in that third. Yeah, they, they went on a – they beat the Bulls 26-19 to in that third quarter. Now, the thing that killed the Nets, I, I mentioned his name earlier, Royce O'Neal, tough game for Royce. Zero points on zero of nine from the field. He took eight three-pointers and he missed them all. If he makes one or two of those shots and, you know, the Nets were right there within striking distance in that fourth quarter. They were down five. They were down six. Uh, they, I, I don't know if they were down five, but they were down around six or seven. And they, they could have made a run. They needed one role player to hit a shot. And unfortunately, Royce and, and the other guys really couldn't do it. Kevin Durant had 44 in this one. Kyrie Irvin had a 25 and 8. Seth Curry had 22. Nick Claxton had 11. Outside of those, those four guys, Ben Simmons was your next highest scorer with seven, and nobody else had more than three. So that's one, two, three, four, five players who scored more than five points. Not yeah, going to get it at, done. And you look at the Bulls roster – Pat Williams, 22, DeMar, 22, Vucevic, 21, Levine, 13, Desan Moose, 17, Kobe White, 10, 53% from the field, and 12 more rebounds overall than us. So great, efficient shooting night for the Bulls. And I think I said this to you, I'm worried about the Bulls coming off the Donovan Mitchell 71-point game. They're going to be on a vengeance to beat a good team in the East. Um, and, and they did. They had to bounce back from that. So – I couldn't be upset at the game. I can't fault Royce O'Neal. He's had a great season, shooting over 41% from three. But with that said, uh, you know, a Bulls are, are a team in the East we might see in the playoffs at some point. I do think we still have the edge, but 
They got some good shooters. They got so- they're solid. Overall, I'm not too upset about this loss. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we were right there. Couldn't get it done. Role, role players couldn't hit shots. And then, of course, DeMar DeRozan just smelled blood in the water in the fourth quarter. He went to freaking work, man. Every time he touched the ball in the fourth, I mean, he only shot eight of 20 from the game. I want to say four out of eight field goals came in that fourth quarter. He just couldn't miss. Uh, it is what it is. The Nets were bound to lose a game. I think we were all okay with with, with this one. It's, you're on the road. You're against the Chicago team, like you said, coming off a, an ugly defensive performance against the Cavs. Um, you you the, tip your caps off to Chicago. Bulls are currently sitting 10th in the East. They're two games behind the eighth spot for the playoffs. So definitely a playoff contender. But honestly, they should be they should have a better record than, than 17 and 21 right now. They have more talent than that. I agree with you. So we move on to Friday night. Uh, Nets at New Orleans. This was, again, another game. The first half, Nets looked discombobulated. Uh, lost the first quarter 28 to 27. Lost the second quarter 36 to 26. Guys like... Nick Marshall, CJ McCollum were hitting shots. Najee CJ... Marshall, Najee Marshall, Najee Marshall. Sorry, who's Nick Marshall? I have no idea. That's somebody else. Jose Najee Marshall, seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Marshall had twenty-three. McCollum had twenty-eight. Um, and like you said, Alvarado had seventeen. He did try to grand theft Alvarado, Kyrie Irving. Did you see that? Yeah. Kyrie didn't fall for it. So uh, I was I was playing two K before I was the Pelicans. And what I'll do is I'll control Jose Alvarado on defense and I'll just wait for the guy to pass me and I'll run up behind him and just click X, but they always call a foul. That's fantastic. Listen, I, this is a good win. We came together. I actually watched this whole game and uh, with my roommates and we enjoyed it a lot. Um, yep. The over didn't hit. It was two thirty and a half. It was one Oh eight, one Oh two. Shoots and ladders. Here's what I'll say. It was a, Come from a minor come from behind at a certain point to take the lead. Uh, and then we held on to the lead and hit some big shots. We should not be competing and potentially trailing the Pelicans without Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. I disagree with you, but go on. I'm sorry. Who did you just say were the top scorers of the game? Najee Marshall. Najee Marshall, Jose whose name Alvarado, is Nick, and CJ McCollum. I love CJ McCollum. That's the dude right there. How should Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and company not be beating a Pelicans team without Zion and Brandon Ingram by 30 points? All right. Let, let's, 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 you know, context is so important in the NBA, right? We have to look at the context of these games. You're coming off your first loss in how many games? So basically, you were riding a bicycle perfectly for 12 games and you fell off the bike for a second. When, to get back on and start riding consistently at a consistent pace again, I don't know. How was that analogy? Was that decent? Uh, yeah, it was pretty fine, I guess. My point is it takes I just a, don't a think second. you know how to ride a bike. Like, if you're going to do an analogy, back it up with what you're physically capable of. You know, of. The, 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 the episode is positive thoughts only, and you're just putting me down and you're insulting me. It's like, you know, maybe you are really worried that the next season is just going to blow up with no Kevin Durant. Maybe you don't have faith in this team. You're negative ass. I almost became a Warriors fan after last season. All right, look, my, my point is it, it took a second for the Nets to kind of get their mojo back. Um, and in that fourth quarter, you absolutely saw the brilliance of, of Kyrie Irving. He was having an off-shooting night, 7 of 22, 3 of 10 from 3, but he hit a three-pointer and a layup and, and a jumper or two. I mean, he was just magical in that fourth quarter. 
Nick Claxton had a huge putback dunk, just nine points for Clax. Um, TJ Warren, another valiant effort off the bench, 15 for TJ and KD finished with 33 points and, and 10 rebounds. Uh, but this was, this was another gritty win, man. The, the Pelicans had all the momentum, all the momentum in that first half. And in that third quarter, you know, Jacques Vaughn said, he goes, we, we decided to start guarding people. They held the Pelicans to 21 in the third. The Nets scored 35. They finished with, you know, scoring 20 in the fourth in New Orleans, 17. Um, this was a, a gritty grinded out win on the road coming off a loss to the Bulls. Knowing you got Miami in Miami on Sunday, this was this was a game that that easily could have got away from the Nets, but they they pulled through. And I, I got to give Kyrie credit, Kyrie Irving. He has been Mister Fourth Quarter for the Nets. They have this wild strategy, Nick, and I think it works. Where they literally play team basketball for three quarters. Yeah, KD and Kyrie will have their moments, but when that fourth quarter comes, Kyrie Irving says, "Give me the ball. Get the hell out of the way. I'm going to work." And there is not a single player in the NBA who can guard Kyrie one-on-one. There just isn't. There's not a player who can guard KD one-on-one. But I give, I give KD a lot of credit. He's been, he's been sort of deferring to Kai in the beginning of that fourth. And when KD comes back in around that seven or eight minute mark, if Kyrie's still going, KD's like, bro, cook, kill him. And that strategy has been working for Jacques Vaughn in the Brooklyn Nets. Listen, I love your positive attitude, your can-do attitude. Everyone's best friends. It's all like hold our hands and dance around the sun. Kyrie Irving, as many big shots as he hits, that game last night against the Heat, two nights ago, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, January 10th, he was hucking threes from eight foot beyond the line in crunch time. That was his his game-winning shot. Thank God Royce O'Neal put that back. So listen, I agree Kyrie Irving has made drastic improvements, scoring, passing, team playing all around has been better for this Nets than without having him on the Nets. Wasn't he, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the announcers is either last game or the game before, he was the Pelicans, he was a minus 25 in the first half of the game. He was a minus 9 in this game, so I'm assuming this was the game he, he ended up being a minus 25. So listen, all I'm saying is this. I love Kyrie as a player. He's made some comments in the past that don't jive with this boy over here, but we can't sit here and say he's doing all the right things. Like we also have to criticize Ben. Like I know you love just like loving everyone. Like you've never credit, like you'd freaking probably compliment a terrorist at some point for like having a handsome face, but we need to, I mean, that's not fair because some terrorists are objectively handsome. We need to criticize where criticisms do, and we need to take everything with a grain of salt. And I think as much as we've improved and as much as this winning streak and, and how fantastic we've been franchise record in the last 20 games. That's all fantastic. We need to see, still see where these gaps that need to be filled are. So I want you to accept, reflect, be happy, but also be cautious. Don't get swept away. You know, like Aladdin swept Jasmine away on that rug. Like, was that consensual? I don't know. But I think so my, my statement was Kyrie Irving's been Mr. Fourth Quarter this year. And you're telling me to relax because he missed a shot uh, in the Heat game that they won. Yeah, I would have lost the game if Royce O'Neal just wasn't in the right place at the right time. Okay, but like you live with Kyrie Irving's decision making in the fourth quarter based on the 18 and two record in the last 20. 
yes, I accept it, but I'm, I'm understand that there could be negative ramifications from it. All right. This next segment is called crystal ball time. Let's predict the future, Nick. I have a crystal ball right here. Um, it's imaginary, but you and I are going to predict the future using this imaginary crystal ball. Are you ready? Okay. All right. The, it's, it's two weeks from right now. The Nets have played home against Boston, home against OKC, away against the Spurs, away against the Suns, away against the Jazz, away against the Warriors, and away against the Phillies. I'm sorry. The Sixers. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. What is the Nets record with no Kevin Durant in seven games? Tell me what you're seeing in your crystal ball, buddy. I'm seeing a loss to the Celtics. Celtics is the number one team in the East right now. Without Kevin Durant, I don't see us. I want to win. I'm going to be cheering hard. I'm going to watch that game with my Boston buddies. Uh, but that's going to be a tough, so I'm going to give that a loss. Thunder, we could beat. I like SGA. I like what they've been doing. They even beat the Celtics on like their best field goal shooting. I think it was their highest scoring regular uh, time game in like in franchise history. I'll say we still beat the Thunder. I'll say we beat the Spurs. They suck. Uh, Suns, is Booker healthy right now? He hasn't been, but I don't know what his status is for like four games from now. I'm going to say we edge out the Suns, but we lose to the Jazz and the Warriors. Okay, what about the Sixers? <sighs> I'm going to say we beat the Sixers. So I'm going to so give is, us a yeah. one, two, three, four, and three. I'm going to say four and three in the next seven. Yeah, I accept that. I agree with you on the Celtics. I think that we lose to the Thunder. I think we beat the Spurs, beat the Suns, beat the uh, Jazz. Actually, we should be able to beat the Warriors. Sorry, Seth's not healthy. Yeah. Steph's not healthy right now. Yeah, I, I give us four and three too, four but I think three, so. I think our losses come against I hate to say this. I think they come against the Celtics, the Sixers, and let's say the Thunder. I, I couldn't live with these losses knowing Durant's not playing. Uh I hate the freaking Celtics. I'd love to beat them no matter what. Well, but that's gonna be tough. Nick, I know that you know my motto is is you know, be positive, everything is awesome. And that's not even my blood type, be positive. I think I think it's O positive anyway, or O negative. Um Last season when KD went out with a knee injury, the Nets absolutely crumbled. And that's a reason why Kevin Durant wanted to get traded this year. He did not like the fact that the Brooklyn Nets of last year, when with no KD, with Kyrie playing part-time, and then James Harden eventually, you know, demanding the trade, he didn't like that they basically just plummeted and they lost every game. And they were like, Kevin, Kevin, we need you. Come back. He hated that. So this is a very crucial crucial stretch for the Nets and Shock Vaughn. But I think that this team is equipped a lot better this year with the depth that we have than they were last year. What do I mean by this? How are they equipped, Nick? I'm about to tell you. Was that a rhetorical question? TJ Warren knows how to score, can, can create his own shot. Really nice piece off the bench. Seth Curry. I talked about Kyrie Irving being Mr. Fourth Quarter. Seth Curry came up huge in that Miami game. Absolutely hit some, some big shots that, you know, when the Nets were down nine, 
they basically cut it to uh to I think I think yeah they 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 tied it and eventually took the lead. Seth was was the spark that ignited that run by the Nets in the fourth against Miami. He's been great in the fourth quarter and he was good against the Bulls. I, I he, had, he had a really nice game against the Bulls. They just didn't have anybody else who who can play other than him and KD in that game. Um Ben Simmons. This is a very important stretch of basketball for Ben Simmons. I tweeted about this on Fireside Nets. He hasn't had to do much offensively, Nick. He, he really hasn't. All he's had to do is pass the ball, play elite defense, get out on the break, find Kyrie, find KD. I can't tell you how many plays a game, and I'm, this is not me faulting Ben, that he literally brings it up, bounces to Kyrie, Kyrie hits a three, and like that's an assist in Ben Simmons' book. It's a very easy play for Ben Simmons to make. Get the ball to two of the best scorers on the earth. Well, now with no KD, he's going to need to be a little bit more aggressive offensively. I want to see him in the post against smaller sized guards. I want to see him taking it to the rim. I want to see a few more hook shots here and there. He's got to get up more than, than four to six shots a game. It's It's got to happen. So I'm ready for Ben Simmons to be a little bit more aggressive with no KD. Seth Curry, we talked about, uh, we talked about Kyrie is obviously going to do his thing. He's going to pretty much be at the same volume, if not a little bit more. A guy you got to watch out for, Nick, is, is Cam Thomas. Hasn't seen a lot of run this season, buried in the depth chart, but he is definitely a guy who, who the Nets might have to rely on if they have trouble scoring. Now, we all love Royce O'Neal. We all love Yuta Watanabe and Joe Harris for that measure. But these aren't guys that can create on their own. These are guys that if they're wide open, they should make the shot. Um, Joe Harris isn't taking anybody off the dribble consistently. Neither is Yuta Watanabe or Royce O'Neal. So my point is I'm I'm excited to see how this team faces this challenge without KD. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of guys shot numbers go up. A lot of guys production scoring go up. Uh, and they got to hang tough because we, you know, we don't know the severity of this injury, Nick. It could be a month, could be six weeks again. It's not going to be two weeks. We know that. Um, okay. So that was a long way to say four and three, but I, I, I am excited to see what this team brings. And I think for me, like I said, the biggest question mark is Ben Simmons. Thank you for that. I'd say Ben Simmons is an exclamation mark in my book, but. All right. So going back to the crystal ball. Does Nick Claxton make the all-star team this season? No. Yeah, I don't know. I might. Have I mean, if you just look at numbers, Jared Allen's numbers are better. And I don't think Jared – I don't know if that Jared Allen makes it. He's probably a borderline right now. Um, there's a lot of talent in the East. The East is, I personally think the East is better than the West right now. So that's tough. I would say I'll give him next year if he gets those. Listen – if he keeps improving the way he's improving and he's at, you know, 11 and or was he 12 and, and eight right now and next year's at 15 and, and 11, boom, that's, that's a, a nice double, double. That's, that's one of the best big man in the East number ones. But right now to me, he's just on the brink of, of he's, he's below the brink. Would you put Porzingis in over him? Honestly, I haven't been paying too much attention to the wizards, but his numbers are 22 and nine on 47% shooting. So while still averaging two and a half assists and one and a half blocks. So yeah, that, that seems like a no brainer to me. He's averaging 10 more points and one more rebound. Another guy who's going to make the all-star team is Julius Randall of the Knicks. He's a power forward slash. I mean, I guess you can, you can't call him a center, but he could play center. 
um, in the all-star game. Anyway, I, I guess I agree with you is my point. Do you think I mean, it's looking tough, in, Bam on yeah. bio, like the East right, has a bunch of solid, right? Bam averages 21 and 10. Like, come on. And Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're forgetting about Joel. There you go. The best center in, in the East. Um, all right, Nick, does Nick Claxton win the defensive player of the year award? Look into my crystal ball. What does it tell you? There's a chance if, and listen, he has the, the stamina. He has the age on Brooke Lopez. I believe he has the, the motivation and the energy and the attitude. I love Brooke Lopez, but, you know, kind of a seasoned vet at this point. He has a championship. Does he have the drive to finish the season as strong as he started? I don't know. So if, if Claxton can beat Lopez's numbers, block per game, total block-wise, I think he's leading right now Claxton in stocks, which is steals plus blocks. There is a chance he could get defensive player of the game, but I would defensive player of the, of the of the league, but I will put it at a right now a 30% chance. So I don't think it's between him and Brooke Lopez, just because Lopez is beating him on some statistics that like Yeah, I know, I but you they... have to be in your position and in your in 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 the aspects you do best, you should be leading. That's my point. I don't think Brooke Lopez is winning it by any means, but if he's behind Brooke Lopez in these numbers, then I'm worried for him. Yeah, the only the only thing I would say that's different is Lopez gets to play with Giannis in that front court, and Giannis is an absolute stud defensively. Like if you really wanted to give defensive player of the year to him, you could. Uh, so that's the only reason I got because it's really. I mean, I know Durant is your four. He's not the same defender that Giannis is of the paint. So that's why I, I kind of – I personally think Nick Claxton's defense is more valuable regardless of stats for the Nets than Lopez is for the Bucks. But um, we're, we're kind of getting into the weeds there. I mean, listen, you're always going to have Marcus Smart and Rudy Gobert in that mix too, so it's always tough. Tell me if Jacques Vaughn will win Coach of the Year when it's all said and done. No. Okay, I disagree. I think he does. I think there's too many – I would, I would love that. I think there's too many teams right now, like the Pelicans, like the Nuggets, like who, like the Kings even. Like there are so many teams that have taken such a leap, whereas we're always kind of uh, uh, projected. We're always kind of uh, uh, on the brain. Like we always should be a championship contender based on our talent. But if you look at uh, teams that have just were nothing last year, even the Cavs, man, like so many teams that came so – so, so far over uh, from last season to this season. So that would be cool. I love Jacques Vaughn. I don't have my hopes up high. So I'm looking in my crystal ball. It says he wins. It says he wins, and I'll tell you why it says he wins. Steve Nash was absolutely coaching a dumpster fire of a team. Yes, we had the talent, but we were not winning. Out he goes. Jacques Vaughn comes in. He had to deal with all the Kyrie Irving bullshit in the beginning. Gets past it. If Jacques Vaughn has a winning record during this stretch of games with Kevin Durant out, if he's able to maintain a winning record and KD comes back and the Nets get the two seed, I don't think there's anyone else you can give it to. I think I think you almost have to give it to, to Jacques Vaughn. That's just my opinion, but I think it happens. Uh, and finally, Nick, one more question for let's predict the future. Who will Sean Marks trade before the trade deadline in February? And what for, and who will he trade on the Nets? Seth Curry. You really think it's Seth still? Gets rid of Seth Curry. 
He picks up Boogie Cousins, and we win the championship. Well, Boogie's a free agent, so you don't have to trade Seth to pick up a free agent. Well, he, well we trade Seth for money. <laughs> you, I, mean, I, don't, like, I don't know who, who yeah. we would trade for. I would hope it would be a four or five. Um, even like a even like a stretch three or four, someone who could who could almost like a, a better Morris. Honestly, I would love to see. Um, but Seth Curry, I just don't think you can get rid of Joe Harris because of who he is and the time he's put into this Brooklyn Nets organization. Like he's kind of a a, a net for life. I feel like one of those guys. Maybe you get rid of him at, at a later point in his career, like we did with Richard Jefferson. But I mean, I guess, I guess that's what I hope for. I love Seth Curry, but I guess I'm hoping that we hold on to Joe and get rid of Seth. Maybe we st- we keep Seth because he's just more of like a, a, a marketable player. He's a Curry. He's fun to watch. He's cocky. He's a good shooter. Whereas Joe Harris is a smaller market guy. So the, the, that, that would be my desire, but I'm not sure. So I can predict the future. You can't because I have the crystal ball. Um, when Sean Marks makes a trade – he is getting rid of Joe Harris. He is getting rid of Joe Harris, Nick, because the Nets have multiple players who do what Joe Harris does. Maybe not as well as Joe Harris, but they're able to do a million other things. Well, then I'm going to become a fan of whatever team Joe Harris goes to. Think about it, though. No, just just, just think about it logically. Royce O'Neal can hit threes. He can also defend. He's also proven that he's he's a guy – Royce is a guy who's always in the right place at the right time. He's won two separate games for the Nets through tip-ins and putbacks. He can get cold, but every shooter can get cold. Royce can do more than Joe can. Seth Curry can do more than Joe can. Seth is a microwave. When he heats up, he's not just a three-point shooter. He can create off the dribble. He can get to the rack. He can hit the mid-range. Just like a microwave. Just like a microwave. He is as efficient a professional scorer as they come. And and to watch what he did against the Heat the other night, that's something that Joe Harris isn't capable of. So you have two guys I just named who do more than Joe. Keep going down the list. Utah Watanabe. But we love Joe. I Nick, Utah makes more game-winning plays than Joe Harris at this point between the both of them. T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren has more in his bag than Joe Harris. Now, if you were starting Joe Harris – and he was playing, say, Max Struess minutes, okay, then you have an argument. Yeah, that makes Seth Curry expendable. That makes a guy like, a, you know, not, I don't want to trade T.J. Warren, but it, it just – that then you trade Seth. Because my point is whatever guy is getting more minutes, that's the guy you're going to keep. But when someone like Durant or someone like Kyrie goes out with injury, Seth becomes a lot more valuable, whereas Joe – his value stays the same because he doesn't have that ability to score off the dribble. He doesn't have that ability to create his own shot. So for me, and he's not a bad defender, but you don't have Joe Harris on the court for his defense. So for me, and and he's also on a pretty hefty contract. Uh, He signed a four year, $75 million deal in 2020. If you're Sean Marks, you need a, a stretch four. you need a stretch five. You need one more big man to fill out this roster. Maybe you can get another wing. You throw Joe Harris in a trade, throw Dayron Sharp in that trade, throw a pick or two, try to make it work for somebody. I don't like the name John Collins. That doesn't do it for me. I mean, he's a really, you know, strong talent. I just don't know if, if him Claxton and Simmons make sense on the court together. Um, but if you can get like a stretch four, a, so, someone who can hit the three consistently, that's a guy that I would absolutely look at. 
He balances out what Claxton does. He can help Claxton on, on the boards. Um, that's the guy I'm looking for. So in my crystal ball, Sean Marks is getting rid of Joe Harris. He's getting rid of Dayron Sharp, maybe a pick or two, and he's getting back a stretch big. That's just me. No, that's just me though, Nick. I'm just, I'm just some guy who, uh, who's super positive and wears a robe to podcast. All right. Good to see you. We got to close it out, dude. There's, there's a whole process to this. I know you got to go to bed. Everybody's got to go, you know, they're, they're finished listening, but, uh, we just want to shout out Empire Sports Media. Shout out to Alex Wilson. Another year with Fireside Nets. Another year with those guys. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. If you're interested in listening to any other podcasts or, or shows, check out the Fireside Knicks Twitter, Fireside Giants, Fireside Yankees. Those are the three of uh, three of the most popular Fireside shows and, and Twitters on Empire Sports Media. Check them out. Alex Wilson, our fearless leader. We love you, big guy. Me and Nick will, uh, we'll all get drinks soon and watch a Nets-Knicks game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a tough stretch of basketball without KD, but I think this team is ready for it. I think we're built for it. Jacques Vaughn is is the guy we want to go into battle with. And uh, Kyrie Irving's not not a terrible backup, you know, number one option. So I'm ready for this stretch without KD. So are you guys. Let's make it happen. Sounds good. And as always, Nick – Catch you on the fire, sir.